Attention culture consumers, join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights, Colleen McMillan, Flo Siegel, and Anders Drew, on Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews and reviews. We have it all and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. No, you're gross. You know you're gross. I don't see, I don't... Oh, whoa, whoa, that's not what we do here on FC. That's what I do. <laughs> adjusting himself in his car with the lights on. He doesn't yeah. even turn the light off in his car. Uh, Gremlins too. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, dads, gotta love him. What have I done? What have I done? Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular film was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Nice. Right? Nice. We, I, can't, I, don't real, I didn't realize that we did a reunion block. Because last week we did Beautiful Girls, and yep. that was about a ten-year reunion. And this week we're doing Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, which is about a ten-year reunion. And we were going for like Valentine's Day kind of episodes. Right, and this is right. what we ended up choosing. <laughs> also, both movies have Mira Sorvino in them. Both are in the nineties. Yeah, oh yeah. And even next week's movie is is, is technically nineteen ninety, but like we were in that we've been we're in the nineties now for three straight weeks. Not good. Who did this scheduling? I don't know. We're usually pretty good about breaking that up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a little sloppy on our part. Apologies. Apologies from the, the 90s. We just had so many good movies. And bad movies. I was going to say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are doing Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. And for those who don't know, it's about a high school reunion. Ten years after their high school graduation, <laughs> Romeo and Michelle haven't exactly accomplished everything that they set out to do. Despite their strong friendship, their personal and professional lives are still lacking. When they hear of their upcoming high school reunion, they take it as an opportunity to show their classmates how much they've changed, first by trying to reform themselves, then by creating a lie that eventually spins out of control. Like in the last like 20 minutes. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so Romy and Michelle's high school reunion is a runtime of 92 minutes. It's rated R. It's a production budget of $20 million. It was released on April 25th, 1997. That's a Friday. Opening weekend was 7.4 million. Domestic 29 as well as worldwide. But don't let those numbers fool you. This is more of a cult hit mm -hmm. on, you know, DVD, home box office, all that good stuff. Produced by Touchstone Pictures, distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. So this movie came out on the 25th up against 
Volcano, the one of two uh, Volcano movies that came out, I think, that year, because Dante's Peak was 97. It was the same right? same year. It was the I year pref- of Volcanoes. I prefer uh, Dante's Peak. Mike I prefer not. Volcano. Uh, I do but not prefer I don't Volcano think- because it has the worst, stupidest line at the end of the movie. I Everyone can't- looks the same. No, come on. I can't. I don't understand why that. It's just it's just such a throwaway line that it's not a throwaway it's line. Not a, it's such a so it's such a hey everybody look at us we're making socially commentary we're making a social commentary. Oh my god! I don't know, understand how you're more mad about that scene than the grandma making her kids come get her because and then jumping in the in I, the lake of acid for no reason. Because I love the grandmother dying. Oh my god! I hate I'm like, this yeah, movie. I yeah, hate. Yeah, it. I mean, like, no, she deserves uh, it. But uh, also because uh. I also like in Dante's Peak when the guy dies in the. On the uh, bridge, I do he's like staring the bridge at scene. his friends. He's just like, oh, oh, and, the, and then the bridge collapses over. It's better than Volcano. Dante's Peak is better than Volcano. Listen, I'm not saying Volcano is a good movie, but Volcano is a better movie. So I'm going to need everybody to let <laughs> Butler know after you listen to this episode that Dante's Peak is better than Volcano. And if you do happen to like Volcano that better than Dante's Peak, uh, you are no longer uh, allowed to. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. That's not what we do here on FC. That is what I do. That is what I do. Because Dante's Peak is better. It's better. It's when a he, better movie. When the guy jumps in the lava and he throws that dude to safety as he melts. The best part Come is. on. Come on. Tom, have you, go back to Volcano and just look at the effects in Volcano. They are awful. Awful. I know because they go heavy on the lava yeah. and you can't do that kind of glowing I'm effect sorry, right but now. They, so they, part of the, one of the plot points in Volcano is that they're going to detonate a building in like 10 minutes. They're going to set up all the charges. Mm, really? 10 minutes? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Volcano's Stupid. more a popcorn flick. Listen, I do appreciate that Dante's Peak, the volcano stuff is more realistic and based in fact. I just don't enjoy the characters. It's drab and grandma, grandma really ruins the movie for me. Why? She dies. Who cares? Because she's. Un- ah, she's a terrible human being. Doesn't make any she's sense. Better than a lot of the people in Volcano. Oh, the racist uh, cop or firefighter no, or whatever. That, 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 that's again, that's just it's so one note. It's got Don Cheadle in it. Tommy Lee Jones. What movie were we talking about? Uh, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you also had the week after May 2nd, you had Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Obviously, that's a huge, huge hit. I never uh, saw that one before. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> uh, and then Breakdown, which I like. In a limited release, you had Commandments and Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, or I guess NM as it's known as. The week before, on the 18th of April, uh, you had Murder at 1600, which is not good. It's not good. I know you like it. I haven't seen it since I was, you know, since it came out. But I liked it when I watched it because I liked Wesley Snipes at the time. Yeah, no, I did too. Yeah. I watched Murder at 1600 and I was like, I got to check if it's streaming. Don't confuse it with the Clint Eastwood one or where he's, his daughter is involved with. She works on the staff of the White House, and Gene Hackman's in it too. I think he maybe I'm maybe that the same. T- I don't know if that's the same. Maybe that's I'm the same confusing. Title. Maybe I'm confusing movies. Anyways, Mikhail's Navy came out, and then Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, which I do not like. And then on the 11th, which is I wanted to do this because this movie is basically the same movie as as Romeo and Michelle. You had Gross Point Blank, which no. I, I will come back to Gross Point Blank because I have something I want to run past you after we kind of talk about this movie. A bit. <laughs> so I will come back to that. But that also deals with a high school reunion. And um, that's with John Cusack and Minnie Driver. That came out the same month as this. I think this movie got pushed back to kind of space themselves away from Gross Point Blank. But who cares? You had uh, it was directed by David Merkin, who's done Heartbreakers. And he's also a writer producer on The Simpsons, written by Robin Schiff. Uh, this is based on her play called The Ladies' Room, which actually Lisa Kudrow starred in on the stage. She played at, she played Michelle. She uh, has written Loverboy, which is the do you do you remember Loverboy? That's I vaguely remember Loverboy. That's the Boy, Patrick yeah. Dempsey. I delivered pizza, but I'm sleeping with all the wives movie. 
she's done the gross choosing, I guess, producer, executive producer, or writer, or creator of Gross Point, the TV show, uh, which is, I think, based on Gross Point Blank. And she's also a consulting producer on Emily in Paris, which is a new show. I believe it's on one of the streaming services. Produced by Lawrence Mark. He was nominated for an Oscar for Jerry Maguire. He's also done Working Girl and Dream Girls. Cinematography by Ronaldo Villalobos. He has done Risky Business, Major League, and A Bronx Sale, to name a few. Composers, two composers here, and I didn't really get in my notes the full story why there's two composers here. I don't know if you got anything. No, I did not get anything about the Stephen composers. Stephen Bartek, who has done Cabin Boy, Snow Day, and Get Over It. And then you have James Newton Howard. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit of a different people. Same, you know, see people in different points of their life. I guess. I don't know. It It's a little weird. James Newton Howard. Yeah. So he has done, he is nominated for an Oscar for the Prince of Tides, the Fugitive and my best friend's wedding. Edited by David Finfer, who was nominated for an Oscar for the Fugitive. He also did Warlock, Heart Condition and Simon Birch. Uh, fun fact, Simon Birch was the, was my, was a movie that I went on uh, my first date with my then girlfriend, now wife. Oh, right, right, right. It was not a good movie. We're going to have to do that for Forgotten Cinema anyway. That is long and forgotten. We're good. Mira Sofino plays Romy. She won the Oscar for Mighty Aphrodite. She's in Mimic, Summer of Sam, and more recently, Stuber. Lisa Kudrow is Michelle, as I said before. I don't know if you know this show called Friends, but she's been on it. She's also in Table 19, Easy A, and uh, recently Like a Boss. Janine Garofalo plays Heather Mooney. She is in Mystery Men, which is what episode that we did. Mm -hmm. Wet Hot American Summer. She's in Clay Pigeons, which is an episode we did. At Southland Tales and Reality Bites. Alan Cumming as Sandy Frank. He burst onto the scene when he was uh, in Cabaret on stage. His first movie was Circle of Friends, which is a really good film. He's also in Joe's and the Pussycats, and that's on our list. So that's why I keep bringing it up. <laughs> Julia Campbell as Chrissy Masters. She's in Kicking and Screaming, Opportunity Knocks, and she's just she does a ton of TV appearances. Like she's if you would recognize her, she's probably on, she's probably been on your show that you watch. Oh, yeah. as soon as I yeah. saw her, I was like, ah, I've seen her in something. Right, right. And it turns out I've seen her on everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Vincent Ventresca as Billy Christensen. He's in the TV show, The Invisible Man. Do you remember that show? I used to watch that show, yeah. Oh, man. Again, like, it came out in 1997, yeah. so I was 10, but. <laughs> he's also in the TV show, Boston Common. And he's also Fun Bobby from Friends, for those who. Yeah, Fun know. Bobby. Oh, Fun Bobby, who died? There's a lot of Friends people on uh, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the 90s. <laughs> Cameron Manheim as Toby Walters. She's in the TV show, The Practice. She's in Scary Movie 3 and Waco, the TV show. Uh, the one that came out more recently, which is actually pretty good. Uh, Elaine Hendricks as Lisa Luter, and she was in the TV show Dynasty, the new Dynasty. She's in Superstar and The Parent Trap. Justin Theroux as the cowboy, or I believe his name is Clarence. Clarence is what he calls himself, yeah. He actually wrote Tropic Thunder. He's also in the TV show The Leftovers, which I have not seen, and he's in a movie called The Baxter. Now, I told you about What Hot American Summer. I'm going to tell you right now, The Baxter is done by the same people, the people who used to do The State on MTV. Mm-hmm. Baxter's really funny and he has he has the funniest scene in the Baxter and I can't do it justice so I'm not going to tell you but I would recommend you you check out the Baxter I don't know if you've ever heard of the Baxter I've heard of it but I never saw it I used to watch their other show yeah. that they did Mike Mike and yeah Gabe that was like, like a that. Comedy of, Central yeah the state's hilarious but the Baxter is referenced to the guy that's always left at the altar when the 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 other boyfriend comes, comes and steals so, yeah. yeah so that's it's really it's with uh Paul Rudd Paul nice. Rudd plays that so anyways then you had two dudes in here that I want to throw in there because they they were memorable for me. Uh, Jacob Vargas plays Ramon. He's in Get Shorty. He plays Ayo in Get Shorty. When okay, he, yep. yep. He's also in Flight of the Phoenix. And then you had Deezer D as the service guy, the guy that's when they're pretending to have sex. Yeah. And he's he's in there. with. He's like, ooh, he's got the cigar. <laughs> I know him because he plays Malik in ER. He was on ER for like oh, a really? decade. Yeah. He's also in the movie CD4, uh, the Chris Rock movie. All right. So I just throw that out there. <laughs> 
because his his reaction was the funniest thing in that in that scene. He's just like, yeah, and he's like, starts rubbing the guy in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've seen this movie off and on before since it came out. You know, obviously, I saw it. In the, I saw it in the theater. I know I saw it in the theater. I liked it. I remember laughing. A lot of stuff that made me laugh. But I actually had a tough like I had a tough time because. I, I don't want to not like this movie, but like, I don't, I don't like. I shouldn't say I don't like. I find that I find the stuff at the reunion. I find all the flashbacks, mm-hmm. the high school stuff, the reunion stuff, all that stuff I like. But the rest of the movie, it's almost like we're all waiting to get to that point. Yeah. And, I I, disagree. I, and that, that kind of like it, that's affecting me more negatively now than it did before. Probably because you're more into story now and how stories are assembled and the stories right and assembled. It's almost a series of vignettes that are mostly connected, but it's it's really just vignettes of all these different events. Yeah. Uh I think I have a note here that hang on, I have it somewhere. Yeah. So I have a note here that the first 45 to 60 minutes of this movie is just flashbacks, montages, and that dream sequence, which goes on too long. That dream sequence is way too long. The dream sequence, yeah. You don't even know it's a dream sequence right, for a while. A right. while. And that may be, you know, and there's stuff and there's stuff in there that's funny. The montage stuff is is a little bit. There's a couple montages when they're trying to get ready. Oh, we gotta go get a guy and let's go get a job. And they start doing they all have their own different montages. They keep going back to the spa or not the spa, they the keep club. going back to the gym and working out. Oh, the, the gym, club. yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's all I mean. Like it's there's no connective, it's just boom, boom, boom. Like you said, vignettes and, and it's and that's whatnot. filler to get to right get to the reunion and also to talk about bring up things that happened in high school. The problem here is that it's very difficult to have a relationship with these two main characters when nothing is being done to build up my connection with them. I agree. And so when you get to the end of the movie, I don't care about them feeling bad. I don't care about her big scene when she tells off Christy masters. Uh, I just, you know what I mean? I, I get that. I mean, I don't really necessarily don't feel for that because you do get that in their high school flashbacks that she does deserve to tell off Christy Mathers. And is it Mathers or Masters? Did I screw it that might up? Might be Masters. It's Masters. Masters. Come on, Butler. <laughs> I just remember Christy. Uh, true. When true. she tells off, so when she tells off Christy, and you know, you do get that embarrassment. You do get the sense of, oh wow, Billy's a, a loser now, and he got got what he deserved because of what he did back Him then. Him and his fake gut. Oh, the, the fake gut looks stupid. That's not what guts look like. Come on, Hollywood. <laughs> I know what guts look like. Uh, Mike uh, Butler now is showing me his gut. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, jiggle, jiggle. Do the Homer? They do the truffle shuffle. Oh, uh, do the Homer Simpson thing where oh, he eats the right, chip right, and he has right. the eyes up there. <laughs> or no, he eats a piece. <laughs> but I thought that lack of story connection ruined the fight that they have. Their fight is so quick and they make up so quickly because if the whole dream sequence is just a dream, then their fight only lasts within the movie universe, like a couple, like hours, a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. So their fight means nothing and they immediately make up. Yeah. There's no give or take with that. And, and this movie, I always felt uh, since I, I first saw it, which I saw it, my parents rented it and we watched it back when it first came out. That This was the girl version of dumb and dumber in a way. Yeah. I have a note here that they kept calling themselves smart and smarter because in, in real life, they're very because, smart. Uh, Kudrow has a, a degree in biology from Vassar and obviously Servino graduated from Harvard with so, Asian studies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Which is cool. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it, in, in yeah. dumb and dumber, you do get a dumb and dumber as stupid as it is. 
isn't a series of vignette. It is tells a full story. And so you get these characters as friends, you get their slow fight. Their, their fight is a slow burn to breaking up. And then it does take a little while to build back their friendship. You know, Harry and Lloyd are mad at each other for a lot longer than, you know, four minutes of screen time. Whereas in this movie, it's just, well, we're friends. We're great friends. We're great friends. And let's have a fight because the story needs us to have a fight. We need yeah. some kind of trouble. And then, oh, let's immediately make up because our movie's really short. Well, the other thing is that there's still, even at the end of the movie, there's no reason why Michelle should go with Sandy Frank at the end of the movie. No reason. The only reason because he's rich. That's the only reason. There's that, no lesson yeah. learned. Yeah. And yeah, Sandy's, exactly. Sandy doesn't get what he wants. She only likes him because he's rich. It's right. not like. Oh, I like you because you've grown up. You look good now and you have right. a lot of money. It's right. It's that money. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, absolutely not. And to your point about Dumb and Dumber, Touchstone, when they were looking for a new movie, they were looking for a, quote, female version of Wayne's World. That's what they were looking for when they. Is know. that why Mira Sorvino does a voice for Romy? That's kind of like Wayne. Yeah, I don't get the voice. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't get the voice. I, I almost wondered if the voice was to make her a little less attractive. Right. Kind of like dumb her down because otherwise she would like, I don't get why she wouldn't be the most popular girl in school. Well, that's that's Yeah. In the beginning, when you, you first see her, they talk about how she's overweight and, and she's not. She just looks like a person. She doesn't. Yeah. So and she's the clothes that she's wearing. She's obviously she gets the big blazer. Her. Yeah. Yeah. She. So, OK, fine. And then she has mono, which was the best diet she's ever had. She says, <laughs> like this, yeah. And she now when they're dancing, I, that wasn't the prom or was it some kind of just dance with no well, chaperones? That's the prom. Yeah. There's a couple of chaperones walking okay. around. Yeah. You can see some teachers walking around at the so, end. So, And they both look good. Like she looks better. She did. She they're dressed very well. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you're not getting made fun of. People are you're not you're not the pariah. Well, the other thing is like, oh, man, I look at all these people in these like stuffy prom dresses. It's 1987. Everybody would look, be looking like them. That's yeah. what I didn't get. Yeah. I, it's yeah. like, it's 1987. Why do these people look like they're in their sixties? Right. And right. they actually look like they're from the eighties. I didn't get that. And I know that it's a comedy. I know it's supposed to be, you know, subversive. It's supposed to be surrealistic. I get it. Right. I, get it. I, I know I'm digging deep and I shouldn't, but to be fair, we talk about this all the time in comedies that it's even though it's a comedy, even though it's off the wall, work does need to be put in to make us root for the people, root for the heroes. Right. No matter if it's a comedy, that's the whole point of that. So that stuff still has to be in there to the point where I actually root more for Heather Mooney, Sandy Frank. I actually even root more for Toby. Like I like even the cowboy, like I'm like their storyline. Clarence, are, you mean? Yeah. Excuse me. Their characters I like better. I, I, you know what I mean? I don't not like Romeo and Michelle. I just, I just, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying I prefer like Janine Garofalo is the best thing in this movie. Janine Garofalo is often the best thing in every movie. Uh, she's agreed. got a great person. Like it's so she's always Janine Garofalo, but she plays it well. And she puts a lot of, I guess, emotion into it. Like you could tell like it's less acting for her. She's more, but well, maybe sometimes maybe it's a little bit of a bit, but it's at least coming from like a place of realism we do it all the time when we do the commercials i'm the jerk you know in a year like right. that, i get like yeah that's her part like but that, she but plays she it well yeah. yeah absolutely but i don't know if i don't i still root for romeo and michelle they're still they're you know they ignored other people in high school but they were never like mean they were always okay yeah okay and i think it, they're relatable because they were never the bad group or the dumb group or the smart group sure. or the popular group they were just you know 
there in high school. Right. Which they I think existed. most people in high school are those but, people. But no, they yeah. were persecuted because they got magnets put on their back because it's so bad and terrible. I think it's just saying Give me that. the bag. You get a bag of magnets just to specifically put on the back of Michelle's brace. It's a dumb joke. It's not even funny. It is a dumb joke. That is true. Go ahead. <laughs> finish your thought. I, I just think I don't necessarily don't like the characters of Romeo and Michelle. And I don't necessarily root for other characters more than them. That They're still the focus of the movie and I still want them to succeed. But my problem is that I know that they're going to succeed. But they, and their true. problems are solved so quickly. The whole post-it note thing, they build it up and then it's immediately solved. Like, yeah. you get the post-it note in the dream. And then when in the real thing, though, she's immediately called out for her post-it note thing, which I like. It's it's oh, man, this plan failed spectacularly (laughs) and it's not it didn't build up to something. But then it fails immediately and gets resolved immediately. And the whole movie has no real. Problem, I guess I don't understand what the conflict in the film is. Nothing. There is no conflict. That's the problem. They're not too poor. They're not too bad off. They're not. These characters are not, these characters are, weren't even the leads in the ladies room. They were two uh, characters that were written into the play that got big laughs. And so then the writer took it, Schiff took it and made them into a movie. And even she says she thought that the movie was going to bomb. She didn't, when she saw them doing the dance at the end, the expressive dance, she was like, what is going on here? She had no idea what the heck was happening. <laughs> Wait, so, she didn't write the dance into the movie? No, no. They put it, when they burn the camera a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. So it, it's just, I get it. You're having fun. It, it works. It's funny. Like I said, there's stuff in there that I laugh at. Right. But on the on its whole, I find it very hard to even just like think of it in a way where I would think of other movies from the 90s that were that are funnier, that are just more successful and, and do their, it's, it's not just about some movies are about the comedy and stuff's funny and scenes are funny and lines are funny. And and yes, that's great. But on the whole, they're not good movies. And this is just not, I shouldn't say it's not a good movie. It's just not put together. Well, does that make sense? A little bit. My, 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 I think, I, like, I think you're really digging on it, but because- <laughs> I mean, listen, just to be fair, this movie came out and I was 20, 22, 22 years old when this movie's out. I'm 45 now. I mean, I have 20 years of watching other movies and, and, and stuff like that. I, it's you, you come at it in a different way. I'm, I'm completely understanding of the fact that, you know, I am a different moviegoer that now than I am back then. So I don't want to take away. I'm not taking away from anything that I felt back then, but watching it now, I just have a different reaction towards things. That's all. All right. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So you jaded. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with any of your points, no, right, right? but I don't think that that necessarily kills the movie. I think that this movie is a comedy and there's still jokes. I think the characters are, I don't know about relatable, but they're funny. They're, I guess not nice, but they're wholesome in a way. They're not nice. They're not wholesome. They're not. Well, she goes off with Sandy Frank at the end and then you get the idea that she just took his money to open up their own shop where they can fold scarves. Well, he loaned her money. They still got to pay him back. Yeah. Loaned her money because he still loves her. You know, they're not together. You know, yeah. they're not together. Yeah. Well, tell me, how about this? Tell me something in the movie that you, that was really funny that you really like that is not in the flashbacks. That's not at the reunion. Um, yeah. That's not in the flashbacks or not in the reunion. Tell me something that was funny. Uh, I liked the, 
All I've had to eat for the last few days is gummy bears okay. and jelly beans That's and funny. candy corn. Yep. Okay. Oh man, I wish I had your discipline. Yeah. I liked that. Uh, the whole the scene when they're in the club, and they're like, "Well, in the beginning, in the, in the beginning, they're like, well, maybe you should be a lesbian." And it goes, "Ew, no! You just the thought of having sex with another woman creeps me out." But if I'm not married by thirty, come back to me. <laughs> uh, there, there's some different fun parts about that. Going like I can't remember the character's name, but they talk about another character and how much of a loser he was, or blah blah blah. Remember this and that. Oh yeah, <laughs> didn't he die? I think so. <laughs> there, there's some fun lines that aren't in there. The the scene when they're when uh, Romy wants to get the car. Oh yeah, and she's faking yep, heaven. Yep, like, that's yep. all. That's all really good. Yep. Like, I wasn't what, asking. I wasn't asking because I I was gonna say no. There are none. I was. Just wanted to know what you know your what you thought was really funny. I think some of that stuff is is probably like, oh, what's your line at the end? Oh, oh, Ramon, your penis is so powerful. I'm coming. Okay, now get off me now. <laughs> what you wanted to be realistic. <laughs> uh, and uh, I loved when she finds out the guy with the suit in the club is just a suit salesman. Oh, would you excuse me? My foot is. Uh, I cut my foot earlier. My shoes filling up with blood. And then she she limps her way out of the club <laughs> to fake it. I thought that was really good. I think most of the stuff I enjoyed most was the stuff that weren't in the dream sequences okay. or the the flashbacks. Uh, I thought the flashbacks were a little meh because it's mostly just them picking on Michelle or Janine Garofalo's character right. being picked on, and it's just like, eh. I, I mean, I enjoy telling Toby to fuck off, and I like the cowboy ooh, just ooh, flicking ooh, the cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Because I'm not a human being or anything. <laughs> and then she still scrounges for it to light it. <laughs> like an animal. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy some of that stuff. So did you enjoy it enough where in 2005 you watched the Romy Michelle in the beginning uh, ABC Family Show starring Katherine Heigl on uh, Alex Breckenridge? You know I didn't, man. <laughs> I, I watched the uh, I watched the trailer on YouTube when we were doing getting ready for this. Yeah. Oof, oh boy, that's like the Sex in the City show flashback, the Carrie stories, and the Dumb and Dumber flashback movies. Is you don't want to go to a time when they're even dumber than they are now. You yeah. you don't want to see that. I mean, you know that they're not going to. You've established that they don't change or they get worse. Right. So there's no real character arc in these kind of stories where you flash back to these shows, seeing them as younger people. Right, right. Did you notice the dress that Romy wears? The blue dress at the end has a striking resemblance to the Federation logo on it. I do because Mira Sorvino is a huge Star Trek nerd. How is she not in any of the shows or the movies? Maybe she asked for too much money. <laughs> or maybe she's like, no, I don't want to go that far. Come on. Even Christian Slater was in it for like one scene. Oh, Christian Slater is a huge nerd. I remember they were doing um, when episode one came out. They were doing a whole news report about people waiting in line for hours and hours at Toys R Us to get the Phantom Menace toys. I don't, you were probably too old to know, but they released the Phantom Menace toys in March when the movie came out in May. So people were lined up for blocks just to get these toys. And they, uh, one of the news articles was doing like interviewing people at the Toys R Us in L.A. And they're going through, going down. Going, one of the people in line is Christian Slater. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy like five thousand dollars with these toys. That's, <laughs> that's just happening. And like he's like a huge Star Wars guy and Star Trek guy. So. But I, I always have like respect for the actors who don't care. Like, no, yeah, uh, I'm in. I'm in acting. I'm a drama major. I'm a nerd. Oh yeah, no, sure, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And she went to Harvard, so you know she's she's definitely more nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So you're saying only smart people can be nerds? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I, I don't like a dumb nerd. No. Well, uh, okay. I'm not the smart. I'm not saying I'm the smartest nerd. Well, but is a nerd dumb? I mean, isn't a nerd somebody who's smart? There should be no dumb nerd. 
Is it more like I guess I guess geek? Yeah, 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 I guess so. I don't know why we're the vernacular. I don't know why we're breaking that. I don't know. Either. So are you? So you're a big fan of Romeo and Michelle? You're gonna go to Club Coming in? Uh, I read about that. They had the Romeo York. and Michelle night. So Alan Cumming has a club uh, Club Coming every Saturday. It's, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's, it might not be every Saturday. Maybe it's just random. But they have they host a Romeo and Michelle day where they play '90s music. They have scarf folding stations, and then when you want to request a song from the DJ, you have to put it on a post-it. So Butler will be there soon. I like the post-it note idea, but I don't know about the scarf folding station. That's, that's like, just like why is that the big part of the movie just, that you like? That's just probably there. Yeah, I don't know. It's just for some reason that took off. So I said this movie was a twenty million dollar budget. Two hundred forty thousand of it went to licensing the the song "Time After Time." Wow! Right, but I was gonna ask you: Do you think "Time After Time" is an underrated '80s classic song? I will say I prefer the Eva Cassidy version of "Time After Time." Really, you don't like Cindy Lauper? Oh, sure, her version's good. I think it is a good song. I just prefer uh, the Eva Cassidy version. But no, I, I think it's a good song. Okay, I, I really like that song. I don't know if it's super '80s though. Okay, it's just kind of like a good song. There's a certain, I don't know, when I'm thinking about 80s song, there's a certain beat or style to it that's got to be like, yeah, that's 80s. When mm-hmm. I listen to that song, that's kind of really nebulous. Yeah. No, I, th- I definitely, with time after time, any Cindy Lauper is always 80s, I, I think. especially I think other Cindy Lauper's, absolutely. Well, everyone knows uh, the Goonies one. So everyone, you know, the song that plays at the beginning of the Goonies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, absolutely. Everyone knows that. Um, I like the no doubt that was used. I forgot no they doubt is the twice. theme. Yeah. That's like their theme song. My first note was any doubt this was made in the nineties. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, that hamburger day at schools is never a good day. I don't know what Romy's talking about. No, I always hey, hated hamburger. hamburger day. When I ate me back in the day, the hamburger day, especially I always remember the elementary one, elementary school hamburger day. It tasted like crap. Flat patty. Yeah. Starchy bun. Yeah. Gross. Not good. Pizza nah, day was also not good. Nah. I hated one of the people like, oh, pizza day this is the worst pizza. It's just, yeah, just Elio's pizza. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on. I liked like chicken teriyaki day and all these like weird stuff where it was like, all right, this is, this is good. This is different. So the dream sequence when they get out of the car and uh, when they get out of the car they have the shower, it's a steady cam. They're on a crane and it comes down and the steady and cam follows her. steps off the crane, follows them. It's a nice shot. But does it fit in the movie? Because that, and I know what you're going to say, it's a dream sequence, but in this dream sequence, there's never another shot like that. It's all shot regular. I I think they like the transition to the door. I do like that they they do some interesting transitions in the film, which I do like. I like all the yearbook transition. I think those are neat. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, My only issue with that crane shot is that it's janky as hell until it gets, I think, into the archway. It is not. It is a shaky steady. Yeah, yes. it is not. It is not the... Most steady, steady. Cam. It is probably in the beginning of the steady cam era where they were just trying to use it. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was handheld. Maybe I'm just, um, you know. I was thinking it was maybe a crane dolly shot. Like it was both a crane onto a oh, dolly. No, they definitely followed them because they went through the door. No, that's why I'm yeah. thinking it ends up yeah. being a dolly at some oh, point. Oh, well, no, because you would have seen the tracks. Or maybe just a rolling shot then. It, no, it's got to no be. Tracks. It's, if it was there with a track, it had to be smoother. If it was rolling, then it was really yeah because that's on a brick yeah yeah that's why i was thinking maybe i would probably think it's more of a steady cam shot but you never know but th- that's before the days of like premiere and um avid and stuff like that sure. where you can smooth your shot and you can take it and center it so you don't have that that bumpiness anymore i got you i got so, you yeah. yeah it's true i liked it i liked the i'll tell you i liked the dream sequence 
set. I liked that ballroom. Oh, the Christie room. I liked how tall it was. I liked the detail, the ornate detail. Cause you don't see it until like the very last shot. And it's like, they put, they put a lot into building this they had, clearly set, but they have the decorations of the banana and the carrot. Uh, magnet, magnet yeah put on and they have all the pictures of christy like they, it was called the crystal room that's called the christy room yeah yeah i mean i still have issues but i'm not gonna i'm not dying on that hill uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not anti this movie this movie still has some funny lines well tell it. me what you like about this movie then because you've been I mean, pooping we just, on it we're, uh, we're at 38 I minutes what i liked about <laughs> I, said, I said i like gene garofalo a lot in this movie I actually liked all the supporting characters and like Sandy Frank and Clarence, the cowboy and Toby. I liked all that stuff. What did you think of Sandy's uh, plastic surgery job oh, in the, the dream, dream sequence? The dream sequence? I, you, you knew it was bogus. You know, like the, <laughs> when he flies out of the thing. You know? I didn't think I, I forgot there was a dream sequence. So when I'm first watching it until they fly out of the limo, I'm just like, ooh, that's As soon as he shows up, job. then I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I don't. Let's see, what else did I like? I was going to go to a don't like, but I uh, let's see. I thought, you know, this, the, the flashbacks I like, they were funny when they're back in high school and some of the stuff there was funny. The stuff at the reunion was funny. Like the, the, I wish they did more with Billy and Christy. Cause you like, you know, like where's Billy? He's at the bar. Yeah. But they never really got into it. Even dream sequence, Billy and real life Billy yeah. at the end kind of gets shafted when he seemed to be such an important part of the flashbacks. Right. I like the dance. I probably liked it more back in the day. You know, it's it's so, ridiculous. It's it overblown. So ridiculous. I never, <laughs> I never, I never caught them burning the camera, which I don't like. Uh, it just, I just don't like that. Did they get like Alan coming and they're like, oh, so you can dance? Let's make this dance sequence. I don't like, know how it came together. I don't know if they choreographed it on their own or what. But but all I'm thinking is, so now you're going to be a thruple? Is that what's happening here? Yeah, that, I couldn't. Rem- like I kept thinking, I, mean, I don't remember the end of this movie. Is this a dream sequence? I don't. What happens? What's going on? Yeah. And they all leave in the helicopter. I'm like, this is too happy of an ending. Yeah, it's, would it have been more believable if Romy and Michelle realized that they were both in love with each other? Would that have been more believable? Yeah, but that would have been a movie made now. That wouldn't have been a movie well, made Well, you would then. also have different things in the movie. You wouldn't. It, like, I'm saying not as the movie is at right now. And then all of a sudden at the end, they're like, I love you. I love you. I'm saying there'd be stuff in the movie that would kind of shade towards that you play right more yeah. but i'm saying i don't think you're gonna get that in a 90s no. so no why not mm. 97 but i hear what you're saying yeah i get it. Um, I, get it. I would prefer maybe a dumb and dumber type ending where they kind of learn to like themselves but not necessarily have yeah. this happy ending yeah like because they're okay people but they don't necessarily deserve to be flown off in a helicopter and they, don't, they definitely they, don't deserve their own business exactly yeah. it's i would like them kind of learning that to like each other and Maybe we should, maybe like just at the end, maybe we should start a fashion business. Yeah. Maybe they, that, or the Vogue lady saying, listen, if you want to get serious, call me. And that's how it ends. Not yeah. this big, you know, castle in the sky kind of happy. Cause ending. that's my question. Who's running the finances? Don't just because Romy says something at the end where she's talking about how we're going to have to wait a little longer to pay him back. And the fact that she worked at a Jag dealership doesn't mean that she knows finance and business. Which I'm imagining Michelle doesn't. I I'm thinking it's it's Heather on the other end of that. Why would Heather pay for it? Why would Heather be in? Yeah, that's true. Then yeah. Also, why would she be in that shop? You know, like not like we need not like we need these answered, but you know, yeah, it's just you know stuff (laughs) that you know, Dumb and Dumber ends with them on the side of the road. The bus pulls up, and then they still idiots. Oh no, girls! Oh, the direction to that the town is that way. Yeah, yeah. I would have preferred something like that where these two just learn that they're friends with each other. 
other people's opinions don't matter. That's the lesson they need to learn. Not I need to get with Sandy. I never got that. We need to hook up there. Other than, I mean, Romy wants to end up with Billy. You never get that. This mission to go to their high school union was about picking up a guy. Mm -hmm. It was about impressing other people with how their lives are going. And their lesson should have been at the end to be happy about where their lives are, which they get to. And then you get this 15 minute sequence of Sandy coming in. Maybe not 15, but you get this 10 minute sequence of Sandy coming in and it being about romance and this happy ending where they open a fashion shop where that wasn't the point. Yeah. It misses the point of the movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought this up earlier, so I'm going to bring it up now. Do you, th- what do you think the best high school reunion movie is? I'm going to give you a list. Okay. I, I can't guarantee I've seen all of these, but That's go fine. ahead. So uh, I put beautiful girls on there. Yep. You know, let me, let me, there's not a lot. So <laughs> I put beautiful girls on there. So this one, beautiful girls, gross point blank, Zach and Mary make a porno, central intelligence, American pie reunion, Peggy Sue got married or 10 years. Which of those do you think is the best one? I didn't see those last two. Okay. You never saw Peggy Sue got married? No. You should see that. But uh, American Pie Reunion has a lot of funny stuff. Uh, but that, I think that shades it because I was able to like, kind of like I wasn't too old to watch those or sure. too young to watch those movies. So it's not like a time way before me. Right, right. I really, with all the issues I had with Beautiful Girls that we talked about last mm-hmm. week, I, I really like Beautiful Girls a lot. Is it the, like this movie has a lot of funny stuff that I still thought was funny, yeah. but it's not a great movie, mm-hmm. but I think it's saved by the comedy and Romeo and Michelle, like their chemistry, but American Pie Reunion is also all just jokes. <laughs> Although as they get older, they, there is a lot more emotional well, American stuff. American Pie Reunion that. has, um, it has everyone in it, but they're not all in it a lot. And you also are dealing with what's his face. Uh, I don't even know the characters names. Jason Biggs character and they're having problems in their marriage kind of thing. They're going to rut. Yeah. So you're dealing with that kind of aspect of it. But I like that they've grown up by then, but that's sure. that reunion movie has the benefit of having what three movies before it. True. So it's not, it's not just a reunion movie. It is also a sequel. Yeah. So I would say I, I'm going to have to go beautiful girls as much as I was digging uh, on the Natalie Portman stuff last week. I think come around. You've come around. I think I told you last week. I think it's a very, very good movie. I think beautiful girls is probably my favorite. So the correct answer was gross point blank. So I know you were going to say that. I've never seen gross point blank. Really? Not the whole thing. Only clips. What parts have you seen? I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. It's really good. It's, 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 I know everybody talks about it, so I imagine it was going to, I knew that was going to be your answer. Of course. Because it's it's the (laughs) correct answer. (laughs) You should really see Peggy Sue Got Married as well. Francis Ford Coppola. I've heard of it. I just had never yeah. seen or you know heard about? anything. Not at all. So basically, uh, Peggy Sue uh, is Kathleen Turner, and she ends up time traveling back to when she was a kid. Okay. But she knows everything that's going on. Uh, like so, Does she, she, quantum, like, she quantum leaps it? Something happens where she's part of some kind of... A ceremony that her dad's doing and she ends up going back in time but she is her younger self she's your younger self okay yeah so kind of like okay she, yeah it's actually and nicholas cage is in it but he he does like he's doing this like weird voice in it but it still works it's 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 good it's funny uh yeah check it out and you should definitely check out gross point blank but i like that you pick beautiful girls i'm, I'm really happy that you come around on that movie. i i told you last i, I know as I much know. as i really didn't like that that last half of beautiful girls right. that last 55 minutes is really really good right. and really that first 45 minutes i didn't like because i didn't like these characters it really 
helps inform those last 55 minutes where you're just like, yeah, but here's how you feel good for them. Like, here's the other right. side well, of them. It's, it's presenting. It's being honest about the characters. They're not perfect. They're real people. Yeah. Why are we breaking down this movie from last week? Because it's really good. Well, but to be fair, I mean, that's what when we do these episodes and we do these movies that, you know, I like Romy Michelle's high school reunion. But I'm, but it's flawed, and there's stuff in there that I can't rectify with, and I think I, I need to. We talking it through with you is just what it's about. I think that's why it's forgotten. Oh, I think. Oh, okay, so hang on, hang on. So, Mike, why do you think it's forgotten? <laughs> because as funny as it is, and as good as the chemistry between uh, Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino is, and as great as Janine Garofalo is, uh, as great as uh, Alan Cumming, <laughs> Alan Cumming is. Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau's really good in his like two scenes where he's got it's, that slight stutter. <laughs> Can I get a light? Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Clarence. I, I had a bit of a stutter. I, I could have been nicer. <laughs> uh, and then he's put off when she's, she starts yelling at him. I will rip off you. Th- starting with your penis. Uh, I, I, I just I just wanted to get a drink. <laughs> like I, They're all great and the lines are great and the, the comedy bits with very few exceptions, mostly some of the flashback stuff with Romeo and Michelle don't land, but the comedy bits are all great. I love the way it's filmed. It's bright. It's colorful. It's happy. It's short. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. You always like an hour and a half movie. Right. I say that not you, but like you and the, all of us, everybody. Yeah. Except for those movies where we want to see more. Of course. Which is never a comedy. Yeah. Which is great. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. The dream sequences may be a little too much. Mm-hmm. I think once you know it's the dream sequence, it should end. But then you flash forward to them being old people. Although I do yeah, love when she's old yeah. and she gives the finger. Yeah, that that's a funny scene. The old finger, that little yeah. Part, yeah, but other than that, no. Nah, yeah, it's too us. long. It's yeah. it's way too long. Yeah. But although the makeup is good. For some reason, I don't know who did the makeup on this movie when they were older. I'm like, this is pretty good. I thought the same thing. The old people makeup's really good, but the plastic surgery job and Alan Cumming wasn't good, but I think probably that's supposed on purpose. To be, yeah. The other thing is they're clearly not 28. So they're playing. They're, you know She's I mean? thir- Lisa Kudrow's thirty three and Mira Sorvino's thirty in this movie. Yeah, they they but not even like even like Christy Masters like they all look older than. Oh, for sure, yeah, it's yeah. like the the biggest example of like the WB itis where you're playing younger <laughs> characters, yeah, uh, than you really are. Oh, yeah. you, oh no, 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 that's like I think that's why it's forgotten. These, it's a disjointed film that I don't think the characters really learn their lesson and that the lesson is kind of muddled in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that the story beats the overall story of the film is weak, but these little scenes and the actors are great. And I think that's why it's a cult hit and not necessarily a wider success. I I think it's a cult hit, but let's talk. It's a cult hit more like in the early two thousands. So when this movie came out, it did okay. Got blown away by Austin Powers. I'm sure gross point blank came out two weeks before it. So that's already going to steal that uh, reunion thunder. Mm Mm-hmm. It's two female leads. Let's be honest that, you know, like that's not going to in the nineties that, you know, executives aren't going to put a lot of thought, uh, money behind it in terms of marketing. It so. super passes the, the, the Bechdel test yeah, or whatever. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I do like I am the, not, I do not agree with all that why it doesn't, you know, but I'm just saying <laughs> I get that fact. That is something I do like about the movie though, is I've always liked this movie. Like even when I was younger and you know, when you're younger and you're a guy in the nineties, at least you're just like ah, girly stuff. But like this movie Who's is, that? who was doing that? But this movie is so funny and the characters are so relatable in a non oh, I'm a girl or I'm a guy yeah. kind of way that I, I that's something I also really like about the movie. Right, right. That I actually put in my notes. I wonder if not to take anything away from Merkin, but I wonder if this would have been a different, stronger movie if a female director was in charge. And she and you know what I mean? Because there's there's I wonder. 
Possibly. I'll not take anything away from Merkin. He was fine. Yeah. Just, I'm curious. I think the story, the writing of the story just needs help. Well, yeah, I, I get that. Like, keep the jokes, but have somebody try to, like, form it into something a little bit more cohesive. Well, I think that what I was saying before about it being forgotten was I think you had those movies that came out, so it didn't really hit in the theaters. It did okay. Then it got on video, because back then we used to go to the video stores, and it come on video. That's what I saw. Yeah, you rented it. So people rented and started seeing it. But I don't, that cult status, I think, is gone. I think now when you hit the 2010s, I think there have been other movies that have done kind of this type of comedy, but better. I'm thinking of Wedding Crashers. I'm thinking of like those, just comedy movies. Yeah. That it keeps getting pushed down the list in terms of when you say, what's a really funny movie? There are more movies that have been better than the way that. Yeah, with an ogre cast. Oh, well, it's Bridesmaids and all that. Right. Right. But I think if you showed somebody today, Rumi and Michelle, I think they'd still laugh at the funny bits. No, I, I think the I comedy still hits. Well, do you think the fact that Servino is not a, a huge star uh, in terms of a celebrity star kind of thing, or at least a Kudrow basically is just friends? And, and, and do you think that hurts as well? I think that always hurts in the long run. Whenever, you know, Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Kudrow... Uh, and really just those two. <laughs> Courtney Cox a little bit. But, but she's got the Scream franchise. Too. She's got Scream and then she had her not, other show, Cougar Town. So. These are not my opinions. I'm curious I'm curious about the general audience. I do think because you're watching, you know, Phoebe, you're watching Rachel, you're watching yeah. Monica. Those That's kind of always in the back of your head. Yeah, no, it uh, is. I think that's why David Schwimmer... Like you're only going to see David Schwimmer's Ross, but he's great in the O.J. Simpson movie or he, uh, oh, miniseries. Yes, yeah. yeah, he is actually. And I do want to see his Peacock show, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, the, it's a British show, right? Isn't he? Is he in Britain? Is it the one where he's in Britain? He's, he's in Britain, but US? it's he's a CIA agent. Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah, Britain. Yeah. yeah. No, I like Schwimmer. It's it's a huge Friends but, is a huge, huge, huge. I think huge that's the problem is you're yeah. just going to see yeah. those characters as those characters. But they they get they still get checks from that, so they're not. Oh yeah, they're not crying about it. Absolutely not. And like I said, this isn't my opinion. This is just, I'm curious with general audiences when they come to the theater, because you know how people come to the theater oh, sure. to see movies. And Friends was still on while Romeo and Michelle came out. Oh, So that was yeah. the draw then, but yeah. now you're just like, oh, it's got Phoebe in it. Uh, I think I one know. of the notes that I read was that this movie wasn't going to get made if Kudrow wasn't off the hit of Friend. Like, that's why it got probably pushed through. Oh, the fact that her name yeah, is, yeah, that's yeah. definitely why, like, yeah. that's definitely why my parents rented it was because, sure. hey, it's Lisa Kudrow. She's in Friends. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I know I was being negative, but I'm trying not uh, uh, being negative in a good way. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's a, it, it's an hour and a half. It's fun. Comedies, like we always talk about comedies and horror movies. 90 minutes is your sweet spot. 90 to 100. I'll yep. give you that. 90 to 100. That's it. If you go over that, you better be damn good. It's like Hereditary and Midsummer. Mids, mids, midsummer is not, is more 70 style uh, horror, which is fine. I'm okay with that. It's more, it's, it, I was okay with Midsummer. I'm talking like straight slasher horror or like sinister. No, I get you. Yeah. Like those type of horror movies where it's just like bad guy, we're getting killed. Let's get out like that. Like if you, you can do it in 90 minutes. Oh, sure. Midsummer. I don't think you can do in 90 minutes. That's a, that's a, it's so slow. That's like, it is, but that's <laughs> like, you're sitting down and you're, and you're being told this long story. You know what you're getting going in. I don't know if I'm going to go back for four, the four hour version, but <laughs> wait, is there a four hour version coming out? I'm pretty sure this one was what? Three. Yeah. Two, yeah. There's a longer version. Oh my God. Cause I know he wants now. to make an even long, his next you know, movie is going to be even longer. That's a hard pass up for me. I haven't seen hereditary yet, but I saw Midsummer. Hereditary has some amazing acting, yeah. but a hard pass for four hour version. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> 
Why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com. Since we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, you can also find us at the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod or just Forgotten Cinema. Uh, we post stuff every weekday. We post a uh, fun little commercial every Thursday advertising our episode had just come out. And uh, you can email us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast at gmail.com. We do take suggestions. We haven't mentioned that in a little while. Let us know what you want us to do. We'll add it to the list. We won't necessarily get to it right away. You know, we got a lot of films when we plan ahead, but we will put it on the list and we will get to it eventually. And join us next week. We're going to be staying in the 90s and we're going to be staying in the genre of comedy as we're doing I Love You to Death, starring Kevin Klein and Tracy Ullman. She and that she is. I really like this movie. Uh, so I hope you like it. But I'm going to hate it. River Phoenix is in it. Does that help? Yeah. I mean, he is young Indiana Jones. <laughs> the original true. OG. Oh, the original. Indiana Jones. So that's next week. I Love You to Death. Uh, you got anything to add? uh happy valentine's day besides that uh (laughs) i think happy valentine's day Um, aren't we because that's why we chose these two movies we're getting close this is the second week of february correct so happy valentine's day it's coming yes it's coming up on sunday so yes enjoy your holiday weekend i don't know if the theaters will be open in terms of showing i shouldn't say that i don't know if they'll have anything for you to watch but I don't know. And hopefully if you're in February, enjoy, enjoy your chocolates, enjoy uh, yeah. your roses enjoy and flowers. Safe, safely, and of course, maybe your outdoor dining in the cold. <laughs> Interesting. Like that, that could be a possibility, but until then I am Mike field, uh, Mike Butler. And this has been forgotten cinema. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be with you. What is that from? Time after time. Oh, okay. That's what we sing. <laughs> Do you not know the lyrics of that song? Not the way you were singing it. <laughs>